Welcome to Theory of Paranormal, episode 7. This is going to be on shadow figures slash people. I'm your host, Pax, with my compadre, as always, Dalton. Today we're going to discuss what our beliefs and theories are on shadow people that people have experienced or seen, and the interactions that people may have, and uh, get a little bit deeper into that to see how and why people may experience this phenomenon as it's known. So with that being said, go ahead, Dalton, get us started. Well, how are you doing, Pax? Welcome back to the microphone. We've been kind of busy, and you donating some time down there. We want to thank you for your service up in Kentucky and uh, helping out the uh, storm victims in Fort Myers, man. Hey, just doing my part when I can. Little side hobby I have. That's right. It's always a good thing. Uh, shadow people, also known as shadow beings. It, it falls back to where I always say that everybody's had a paranormal experience. I also want to recognize, too, I almost forgot, that my niece, this is my niece's subject. She wanted us to talk about shadow people, so this goes out to my niece up in Tennessee. So I always talk about shadow people, and um, to me, they don't seem very malicious. I've never met a malicious or one that had any kind of bad intent. Have you ever met anyone that, how many, have you ever seen one? I have seen a total of three shadow people. I would like to think and say uh, my whole life. Cool. I've seen a bunch, you know, you see them down there peeking around the corner at you or something, kind of standing off in the, in the corner or something where they like to hang out and just kind of observe things. But when I talk about people that everybody's had a paranormal experience, that that is one of the most common paranormal experiences that comes about. So, for example, sitting in the living room watching TV or something, you know, they see something out the corner of their eye or their peripheral vision, and they don't know what it is because, you know, the dog's laying in front of them, nobody else in the house. So what was that? Could it be figment of imagination? Also, we know as investigators that a lot of times you could be on investigation and if you got heavy car traffic, you could be filming in the dark and let's say a car comes out the building, makes a turn. Well, it creates sort of a shadow with the headlights and everything. And we got to be careful of that, not to mistake that shadow is a vehicle of some sort, right? Yep. So the thing about shadow people back in the day, it, it goes back to actually like prehistoric times. They've existed in all cultures since prehistoric times. So many ghosts and demons in folklore uh, share striking similarities to shadow people. A lot of the folklores talk about tall, shadowy, and vaguely humanoid uh, specters whose presence brings like an uneasy feeling, basically, if you want to say. I could see that. Because most, most shadow figures don't know why they portray a male figure, like a male figure, but a lot of the shadow figures they say are like six to seven feet tall so obviously if you walk into a room and there's a seven foot tall shadow figure staring you in the face that's going to be a little unsettling maybe not for us because we'll probably try to talk to it <laughs> <laughs> they also come uh, in different forms so you you basically could have a black mist of a shadow figure and you could have like a black mass and of course the mist appears as like a cloud or a smoke or something like that it can be seen basically like if you have blurred vision so you're just waking up in the morning rubbing the sleep out of your eyes and you look over in the corner and you go holy crap what's that and then you straighten your eyes out a little bit and it's gone that could be like a mist form or I, I could I could pretty much say it might be a black mass. The mass is to me would be like a full figure. Pretty much it could be a humanoid shape or it could be something else, I guess. Cause you sometimes you really don't catch to see the actual figure is shaped like a human. Right? So it might just be just this giant solid mass standing there until like maybe you catch an arm or something, right? There's a lot of ways to interpret shadow figure and the form that it's gonna create. Now, a lot of times back in the day, a lot of the occurrences that happened with shadow figures uh, happened out of the peripheral vision. You know, you see it out the corner of your eye. I'm sure you've seen things out the corner of your eyes. Oh, yeah. Back then, a lot of it was peripheral. 
now why shadow people are probably the top of the talk, you know, the, the, the number one topic. I wouldn't say number one to me. A lot of people talk about it because now it's more up front in your face kind of thing that you actually see them straight on. Clear as day, they, they're just sitting in the corners or the dark spots and they're just observing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hint on the word observing a lot. Kind of, It doesn't really disturb me, but it kind of makes me wonder what are they disturbing. So, I mean, observing. <laughs> they're obviously disturbing people, but what are they observing? What are they watching? Why are they so quiet, sneaky? But there's many, many ways of shadow people. There's many types of forms that they try to say. So like, say one is a figment of your imagination. A uh, second one could be ghosts. Another one could be, of course, the D word, demons. I don't know. Demons comes up quite a lot with the uh, shadow people definition. Again, I've never ran into one that seemed uh, malicious or demonic or anything like that. It seemed like a person. Uh, another one, another type they always talk about is uh, astral projectors. You know what astral projection is, right? Uh, astral projection is a form of outer body experience where your consciousness is movable, transcending different realms, planes, spaces, uh, while physically you are still in one place. Exactly. So a lot of accounts that you got people that have actually tried to account for saying that the shadow figures are astral projectors, astral projectors. So basically when a person astral projects, their form becomes known as a shadow being or a shadow figure. Do you see any kind of resemblance to that or what do you, what's your thoughts on that? I could, if I wanted to tip my hat in favor of, of the metaphysical side of the house, I could see that. Um, you know, like I just stated, astral projection is projecting your consciousness, uh, a form of energy, different places. Well, since we all know, you know, energy is scientifically a proven fact, depending on, you know, what way it manipulates itself. You know, you got gas, you got solids, you got water, all the different forms of it. Um, but having a shadow in place might be a projection of an entity or a person or a consciousness being there, maybe. Hmm. So, I mean, that very well may be a, a theory on that. They might, but they also claim to be maybe time travelers. Um, I'm not. I'm not too keen on using the term time traveler. Not saying that it doesn't exist. It might exist. I don't know about it, but I don't think it's a time traveler. I'm going to stick with the spiritual realm. So you can obviously a lot of people think aliens or interdimensional beings. Um, I would almost lean on the alien factor, and the reason I say that is because. If an alien came down, let's say now we're in the we're in the paranormal field, so paranormal doesn't just cover uh, ghosts. It also covers like Bigfoot, uh, aliens, anything of the unexplained, basically, right? So why can't we talk about aliens? Well, <clears throat> to me, you know, if it was an alien form, we you know we do have pictures on the Theory of Paranormal Facebook page. Remember the little kid that was manifesting on the front porch of the May Stringer house and. Outside of that photo looks like a giant seven-foot shadowy figure, but the head is oblong like an alien, and he's got tentacles for fingers, and he looks like he's creating and manifesting this spirit. And if you remember, like, uh, I don't know, probably years ago, I don't remember exact time, but remember we talked about the possibility of aliens using ghosts and spirits to be able to communicate with us in some kind of way for, you know, some reason. You know what I mean? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could very well see that. Um, you know, they might be on one end of the spectrum somewhere, but having spirits or ghosts or what do you want to classify them as, as being maybe closer to us uh, on different levels. So, they, you know, like you just stated, they manipulate or utilize them to interact with us. Right. So that's nothing far-fetched to, to have happen, I wouldn't think, especially we got photos that kind of show that basically. Um, interdimensional beings, though. Um, there is multiple realms, so maybe these are beings that are trying to come into this realm and can't do it 100%, but that's that's about as much as you see of them. What's your thoughts on that? Well, <clears throat> uh, for anybody that prescribes, <laughs> let me rephrase that, subscribes to the theory of multiple dimensional planes um, metaphysically, uh, for anybody that's not aware, 
theory is think of a 12 story building. Uh, we're on the ground floor, me and Dalton are right now physically. And for analogy's sake, there's 12 other levels. Well, depending on where that individual is in that realm, you know, the eighth floor would be the eighth realm. They may utilize a lesser realm to be closer to us and interact with whatever's on that realm to communicate with us. Um, I could very well see that potentially happening hypothetically. Um, if that was really the rules of law on all of that stuff, then why not? You know, right. It's an option maybe. So it could be an option and it could be, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, when a spirit tries to manifest itself, sometimes it can't manifest all the way. So it looks just like what we call an anomaly. It's not an orb. It ain't round. But you got some kind of anomaly, something you can't explain because it can't, for some reason, it can't fully manifest itself as though we have photos of colored, full colored apparitions that are fully manifested back to themselves. They might look a little, in the photo, they might look a little, um, you know, distraught, a little out of place, like the nose might be a little longer or something like that, but it's still a full colored apparition. So maybe it could be that them trying to cross the realm, they can't fully manifest. Or now you're going back to ghosts in the spiritual sense that these beings, um, that's as much as they can get. So it, might, it could be a ghost trying to manifest into a full-colored apparition, but that's as far as it gets to the, you know, just to be in a black shadowy figure. So the other thing is they have, some of them have been seen with colored eyes. Now we do have, I do have one set of photos from May Stringer of a black shadowy figure standing outside by the tree and the, the eyes were a white yellowy glow. Have you ever seen anything like that besides that photo? Me personally, no. And that was a rare catch for me because I was just taking random photos and I thought, wow, look at these. And I thought it was maybe a reflection, you know, like I'm re my camera flash was reflecting off of something. But no, it's straight up set of eyes. So <clears throat> it was kind of interesting. And, they, and they've even had people that seen them with red eyes and green eyes. Of course, the red eyes, you automatically might think demonic or evil just because it's red you know what i mean but that doesn't mean it's not i mean things that things that um you can comprehend with your mind and you see with your with your naked eye like like say when you look at the word negative we went over that in the energy said segment when you look at the word negative what do you think negative but we talked about how negative energy is mostly positive it's just a word that makes people think it's negative so when you look at the eyes of this being and they see red eyes What's the first thing that's going to come to mind? Even, even probably with us, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shake it any further than that. Even probably with us, if we've seen a shadow figure with red eyes, what are you, what are you going to think about that? Well, first of all, I would see if I had any eye drops because if they're red, they're probably edgy. That's right. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, within lore, folklore, stories, and everything, before there's internet and there was just storytelling throughout the times, you know. Anything with a connotation of red, nine times out of ten, always meant some sort of something evil or bad. Mm -hmm. So I could see the association with red eyes, you know, on a shadow figure um, from a psychological standpoint, um, urban legend standpoint. Uh, but maybe it also has to do with the type of energy that they're putting out frequency wise that we physically can see on the color spectrum. And that might be it. Like, like a lot of times, well, think about orbs. If you're going there, they produce an energy and, and maybe it's producing something that we understand. So it could be blue, green, yellow, whatever. So, you know, these, when you see these different colored orbs and stuff, may, you, you might be right. Maybe that's just the manifest manifestation of the actual um being uh producing what it can when you when you see they got colored eyes but <clears throat> there's different types of shadow beings shadow people um of course the one is human shaped shadow people um these shadow people basically are human shaped so in the most common they're the most commonly experienced of all the you know investigations that you do the the main ones you see is is actually human shaped shadow persons or uh human-shaped shadow beings, either one, you can call them either one. Um, they don't have facial features, and even sometimes they got missing hands or fingers. You know, it's basically a, a figure, almost like a mannequin standing there with no hands and stuff. The uh, the other type is uh, animal-shaped shadow figures. So 
Even though you got human-shaped shadows, people also claim to be seeing shadow animals, which I don't recall ever seeing a shadow animal. Have you? Uh, actually, as far as it goes with shadow animals, I had two wonderful uh, cats that passed away. And for the first year after they did, uh, I would sometimes see little, small, small shadows out of the corner of my eye. Right. Or just hear a meow, which, you know, okay, there could be cats outside easily. But uh, it was just something that would happen randomly, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I've heard a lot of people talk about um, animal-shaped shadow figures. Um, in fact, my mother had a few cats that passed away, and she'd wake up in the middle of the night, <clears throat> and she would hear something like skithering across the uh, the dresser or something, and she'd look up and see the, the shadow figure of what she thinks is one of her cats. So I personally have never seen a animal shaped shadow figure, but um, I do know a lot that have. And being that you said that about cats, what we're talking about cats, um, actually in my research, they say that shadow cats are the most common to be seen. Imagine that. Other animals such as rats, birds, and spiders can also be seen, but I don't think anybody really wants to attest to seeing a rat or a spider myself. Not that I know of. Right. So, but cats are the most common to be seen. Now, we already talked about the black mist or the black mass shadow. Black mist shadow people are less human form, generally appear as clouds or black smoke. The They can also be seen as a dark mist with a blurred vision, which we talked about just a minute ago. The other one is forest shadow people. So you have forest shadow figures appear outdoors, unlike other shadows that appear indoors. So they're, they're basically, these figures are basically called shadow stalkers. Imagine that. Interesting. What they do is they hang around the trees. They're said to be harmless, which I think all, I think bear, I think a lot of all shadow figures are, are, are harmless. I don't think, again, I don't think there's any of them that are really malicious, but these forest shadow people are said to be harmless, and they actually act as protectors to guard nature, which is kind of interesting. So... They're harmless and they're protectors. They'll mimic people who see them. Now, if you came across the forest shadow figure and it was mimicking you, I would freak out a little bit, wouldn't you? I don't know. I'm me personally. I have a different stance on anything with the paranormal. Uh, I don't want to use the word desensitized, but I'm just to the point now where we went to investigate a place, and you know, the average paranormal person that doesn't have a lot of experience under their belt or that's not aptly comfortable with scenario situations, you know, has something happened, you might be a little freaked out, you know, or, you know, say wonderful things like, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> come at me, bro. <laughs> but, you know, for me, I would honestly, I would just keep my, the same demeanor I usually have and just be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I mean, you know, like you've seen, have you ever seen that movie of the family that had the same exact people they like twins and they mimic them hmm. i forget the name of the show that's just kind of freaky dude i mean if if because they say that for shadow people what they do is like when you move they move when you stop they stop they just mimic everything you do i guess to maybe counteract the fact that um they're trying to like make sure that you oh i'm i'm basically what you're gonna say is you're gonna be like okay i'm looking at my own shadow and you're gonna ignore them does that, that sound like kind of what they probably coming across as yeah um it's you know it's just one of those things it's eye the beholder you know everything is about experience and, and the way that you perceive it also i think a lot of it has to do with someone's headspace where they're at mentally right. for that moment if they're alert and, and and you know cognizant of what's going on you know and they're they're strong-headed or willed or in their thoughts and this is like hey it's like all right but nine times out of ten when people see shadow figures they are just caught off guard well they are it's like i said it's, you're, you're talking about you're talking about a shadow figure that they claim to be six to seven feet tall so like i said you walk into a room and you run into a seven foot tall shadow figure yeah you're gonna go trade your drawers pretty quick you're gonna be you're gonna be beelining wherever the heck the opposite way of that thing is especially if it opened its eyes and they were red i mean what do you I mean, to me, like I said, me and you would probably talk to it. Like, who are you? What, what, what's your purpose? But they do have a shadow figure. It's called the Hat Man. Hmm. Um, I explained to a lot of people that we have one called the Caretaker. I call him the Caretaker. 
He's got a tall top hat, long trench coat. Usually shows up in people's visions right before a family member of theirs would pass away. So a lot of times when you <clears throat> when you sit there and you hear somebody, oh my God, my uncle passed away or my grandfather or whatever. But the night before I seen a tall dude in a top hat. What is that? I've heard this like many times before, like like many, many, many times. So I've always been like, it must be the caretaker. Because you know what the caretaker did in the West, right? What they do. He collected the bodies. So hmm. that's, you know, to me, that's, I might be, maybe I'm misrepresenting the word caretaker, but I would think that those are the ones that, you know, he built the coffins, put the bodies in there, dressed them up. He's a caretaker. Um, but this guy with the top hat always shows up right before people died. So the, uh, the other thing that's pretty interesting is that sleep paralysis. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Right. So sleep paralysis, you know what the sleep paralysis is? It's paralyzes paralyzation of the body, right? Right. It's it's where you're consciously aware and coherent of what's going on, but you can't lift a muscle, move a finger, do anything. Right. So I believe it was 2016, um, somebody published a paper going into, into the details about the relationship between sleep paralysis and tales like those. Actually, guess what they're going to say, but actually the succubi and the incubi. Now, that's a whole nother subject, of course, but it does go into the REM sleep, the stage of where, um, where people dream that, that it's a deep sleep. So, of course, it goes into, you know, if you do the research on it, it goes into a lot of your motor neurons and switch off and dreaming and all that stuff. But the, the, uh, the thing that I'm getting at with shadow people, and you have different, you have the old hag. Those are like legends in Canada. Hmm. You have uh, Pasanta, which is... Uh, I believe that was Brazil. I read that. Uh, Vietnam, China, Japan, Thailand, all these countries have different uh, shadow people tales. But when sleep paralysis kicks in effect, now all these countries say the same thing. Like when somebody sees the old hag, you, you, you've obviously know the legend of the old hag. Why don't you go ahead and uh, remind me real quick. I believe the legend of the old hag is the one where you're laying in bed and you see an old, an old hag hovering above you, but you can't move. Your your eyes are open. You're mentally there. You're you're basically, you know, she's hovering above you, but your body can't move. Is the old hag's? You know, I could probably look it up and research it a little bit. But anyway, they're saying that the sleep paralysis after you have sleep paralysis and and you're doing whatever. Um, Basically, that's when the shadow figures appear. It could be done after that. So then you lean on the fact of, is it a hallucination, which goes and falls under the imagination part of a shadow figure. Makes sense. Is it psychological? Right. Psychological and also... Um, is somebody, unfortunately, having undue duress and having a schizophrenic... Right. So, episode. Right. So you could do psychological or physiological, physic, physiological. <laughs> <laughs> I hate big words. Um, anything over, th anything over three syllables, you know. You yeah. Know, anything over double take. Yes. <laughs> anything over three syllables. This country boy has a problem. So, um, but people like, but while some shadow cases are likely pleas for an attention it's actually possible that thousands of people are experiencing the same hallucination. See, they keep using the term hallucination like, like it's made up. But I can understand that they're using the term hallucination, but the thing is we go do investigations and we actually catch them on camera and film. So is that me like day walking, dreaming or whatever, hallucination of catching them? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would know if I was if I was hallucinating, but um, there's a bunch of things like that. They're all pretty much, there's a big whole section of shadow people being fallen under hallucinations, imaginations, and sleep, sleep paralysis. So I just don't, you know, when you, when you think about that and then you turn around and go to do investigation and you actually see a shadow figure standing down there looking around the corner at you. Again, I've never seen one with colored eyes before. I've just seen a black shadowy figure looking around the corner or standing in the middle of a hallway staring at us. 
Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, for myself personally, when I've investigated on two different instances, I've seen shadow masses, not necessarily a straight up bona fide outline of a figure. Um, so uh, I think also it's about the eye of the beholder and who's seeing what. One person may perceive one thing and another person may perceive something else. Right. You but could you could have multiple. Well, and then that and then, OK, so now you're going to fall back to the spirit uh, basically showing you in your mind what they want you to see, smell or, or feel or whatever. Right. Yes. So you could have you could have a spirit or an entity sit there and go, well, I'll make this guy smell charcoal and I'm going to make this woman smell cologne and I'm going to make this dude smell hot dogs or something. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I guess it would go along the lines of the same thing of, of eyesight, you know, being, okay, well, this person, I'm going to make them see me as a, as a full-on human figure, but the next person I don't like too well, so I'm just going to show them that I'm a black mass. I'm not even going to form anything in their mind to make them think that they're seeing what they're seeing, right? Would you agree to that? Yes. Okay. So it just kind of disturbs me that there's a lot of, when you and when you open up and you do the research on shadow figure people, shadow beings, shadow people, that hallucinations is a key word. So imagination, they even list it as an imagination uh, being, basically. Hmm. So it kind of makes you wonder where the scientific field is trying to go with that. Are we imagining things, or is there is it an hallucination, or are we actually seeing what we're seeing? That's the uh, the big, big, big prize answer that we're looking for. Right. Because I read because, you know, like you do the you do the types like I'll go back through some of the types. One of the types of shadow people is a figment of the imagination. The explanation we get from skeptics and mainstream science. Of course, you know, science ain't never going to agree with. They will quietly. I'm sure they agree with the paranormal quietly because. It does exist, but are they going to agree to it? No, because now you're would. I think they won't agree to it, and they think it's imagination because now you're admitting uh, there's other realms, right? Yes. So they're not going to sit out here and tell the human race that there's oh there's multiple dimensions and realms that these things could be coming from. So they're not going to agree to that. No, I mean, <clears throat> I I kind of have a a wild theory on how and why we can experience and see things sometimes. <clears throat> Look at it like this. Every one of us as a human being, we have experiences in our life. Okay. That's a fact. Right. Now we have all these spirits and entities and whatever you want to call them all around us that we supposedly can see. As I said, energy is a unifying factor in multiple ways on our world that we know. Correct. The body has a CNS system, which is the central nervous system, which has minute traces of electrical energy that can actually be gauged with instruments of impulses. And that's where you get your nerve systems and your muscles twitch and so forth. I think our brains and our memories are a card catalog of experiences. So these wonderful entities that are out there can tap into all of those things and make us smell something of a certain nature from a memory by messing with us energy wise. Right. But then, but now that that's not a hallucination though. Right. That's a real deal. Right. But they can also do the same thing. They can mess with our senses if they choose to and make us maybe see something that's physically not there, but that's there. Right. Um, a lot of people, they always try to go on the physicality of things. Well, I didn't see it, so it's not there. Well, I saw it, as the other person says. Maybe that's how they do this. Maybe they're literally manipulating us on a spiritual slash metaphysical level, energy-wise, to get us to see things that they choose. Okay, out of five people in a group, Dalton's going to see the shadow person, but everybody else isn't. And I can, I can see where you're doing that. And then, but see, when, when you have, I mean, personally, I would want more than me to see it because then, then you're playing on, you know, somebody sitting there going, oh, it's your mind playing tricks on you. Your, your eyes are just seeing things. Oh, yeah. You know, so now you become, well, now you're imagining things and you're hallucinating. 
Because the human eye and the mind are easily fooled. They can be, without a doubt. So the the other one that I don't know if I wrote, you know, demons, it, it, demon, demon, demon. It's it's all the D word. How can you go from talking that it might be a, a figment of your imagination? Now you go into the demon part. Um, these are malevolent, malevolent feelings that are often reported in association with the creatures have led some people to speculate that they may be demonic in nature. But here again, when I, when I talk about demonic and let's say evil, so evil is pretty much, you know, was evil when he was alive and he just carried that into the afterlife. So when you, when you talk about evil, that would be evil, but demonic, when you get into the demon word, you're talking biblical, you're talking, you know, the biblical side of that. And I just don't, I just have never seen any signs of shadow figures being demonic. Now, you know the show, not going to mention any names, but it's the female. She's a medium. The guy goes around in the daytime and does all the investigating, and she comes in at night and does the readings. You know what show I'm talking about? Yeah, the that one paranormal team. Yes. Right. Yeah, that show. That show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't like shadow figures. And she's come out several times on the show and said she just thinks they're just playing out evil because, I mean, not to get too personal, but she had one that tried to get her to do some things when she was a child and she just never liked them after. Right. Which makes sense because if you're going to have a bad experience with something and you have nothing else that goes against that, then that painted that, that for your life. Right. That's like me not swimming in oceans or rivers. I'm not doing it. I've had some experiences younger and I'm just not going to go swim in the ocean or a river. It's just not going to happen. So it's that same concept right there that she had a bad experience with a shadow figure. And to this very day, she doesn't like them. She hates them. She thinks they're evil. Well, what you just said sums up my thought process and experience on Brussels sprouts from when I was five years old to this present day. And you're still talking about food. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so the other part, of course, the ghost part, we said we mentioned the ghost part, but let's dive into some of the ghost sections because most ghost phenomenon that we catch are usually and correct me if i'm wrong but usually like a white misty form or maybe a, or like the one i caught in the doorway at may stringer it was more of a, like a pinkish burgundy purplish mm -hmm. type color mm -hmm. yeah i think you know just to touch base on that i think the reason why we see different color mists because uh for people that are familiar our eyes can see different level of colors they call it the color spectrum they call it the spectrum because each spectrum of color is actually a quote-unquote frequency of light as they call it well that frequency of light is actually also a form of energy so maybe that's why we see different different colors different colors because the fact it's a different type of energy being projected at that moment well then see now you're going into a subject we'll talk about later but but just to touch on that could the energy that they're let's say they're trying to put off you have your chakras. We've been over chakras. The PowerPoints, uh, the metaphysical. Could they be? Could they be showing the color of energy? Like you remember the the uh, the imprinting segment that I said about the auras turning black, and there's this black energy there. Okay, so could these entities that we see that are mostly white or vapor like? Um, the reason their color is because they're trying to give off their intention? Uh, potentially, that might be. Or because they're projecting that color because that is their disposition at that moment. Okay. Like what they're exuding, what they're feeling, or they're wanting you to experience whatever may happen there. Right. And so when they when they talk about ghosts being, you know, part of the shadow realm, I just don't see that, man, because every, every entity that we have caught, every entity that we have captured has some kind of color or form. Now, now, if you do your research on this stuff, they say that shadow bearing shadow beings are much darker and more shadow like duh. That's why we call them shadow people. <laughs> but although the shadow people often do have a human outline shape, it's in contrast to many ghost sightings. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm me personally, again, this is my opinion. This is what we do this for. I'm gonna eliminate ghosts because I have not seen nor caught a ghost that was a black shadow figure doesn't a ghost to me does not describe a shadow figure you agree or disagree i think it's 50 50 i mean a shadow figure could be many things it doesn't necessarily have to be a ghost like you're saying right so i don't know because ghosts can have facial features 
they have styles of clothing. They got other details about them. A shadow figure, no details. Just a, it's just a straight up black shadow figure standing there in the hallway. There's you can't tell if it's wearing overalls or a belt buckle or what its face looks like or anything else. I would just say I would just say I'm going to keep it in my mind to where I've always had it. Shadow figures are a different type entity. What they are, I don't know, but. I'm not going to say it could be a spirit, but as far as a ghost, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't kind of agree with the ghost segment. So not, not at this point in my life of doing what I've been doing. I just really don't do it. Now you go into, we've already been into the astro projection part. Uh, people having outer body experiences and basically that's what we're seeing. I'm not too sure about that. Time travelers, like I said, I'm, I'm out of that. Now you go back to aliens. <laughs> Who better than an alien would cloak itself to be a dark figure standing in the corner and observing i just what's your thoughts on that everything's plausible that's the wonderful thing i love about the paranormal is it's one of those things where you can just daydream and anything that you can come up with as a thought rather it goes against the grain of logic science <laughs> any any system that we have in place that explains something um if you can talk about it and try to make sense of it it's game that very well may be that shadow figures are aliens i mean I could throw something behind that and get behind that a little bit. Have you ever heard of the djinn? Uh, yes, I have. And the reason I've never really studied the djinn is because it's supposed to be a, a mythical creature, mainly through, like, I believe the Muslims. It's written in the Quran about the djinn. Um, in early research in demonology, I have, like, if you talk to a demonologist, there is a dark and menacing humanoid that they kind of, I guess, portray as the djinn. It has... Uh, there's been many cases of negative hauntings involving this. The djinn, the reason they say the djinn because, am I saying that right? Yeah. The djinn, okay. So the reason they call it the djinn is because it's taking, it's a shapeshifter. So they're concluding that shadow people are a shapeshifted form taken by the djinn. If you go to the djinn, well, of course, what, what what's your definition of the djinn? It depends on what part of the world you're in that looks at that word. Some people may look at it as something malicious or, or malevolent. Some people look at it as a positive thing. The easiest way to explain it, for analogy's sake, is if you find a magic bottle somewhere and then something pops out and grants you three wishes. But you know the thing about, you know, when you when you do the research about the gin, I just recently did some gin research, and they're saying that the gin actually has a lot to do with bad hauntings and ET abductions. You ever heard of that? Never heard of that. Me neither. That's news to me. But it's supposed to be like through back through our mythologies about ancient aliens and gods. Um, I'm not too sure about that. Could it be the gin? But they're claiming that the gin, when you get into demonology and demonology, the demonologist part, in, in my opinion, again, my opinion, if you're going to base the gin off of that, then is the gin a demon? I'm not qualified to answer that. I'm not either, but I'm just saying from, <laughs> <laughs> from what my research tells me, they're kind of leaning a little bit on the demonic side from what I've read. So, And I have read it because I didn't really pay attention to the gin ever up until I started digging in deep about shadow figures. So there's talking maybe the djinn is taking the form of shadow figures. But this lore, a lot of the lore comes from the Middle East on that. And I don't I don't know. I'm going to fall back to aliens, dude. I'm going to fall back to the alien feature um, because the, the, the key word I kept saying that I'm going to use is observing. These shadow figures stand in the corners. They stand in dark spots and they observe. What they're observing, I have no clue. But that's what they do. And they're very secretive. They're observing you, Dalton. I'm a very observative person. They're, they're seeing what's going on with you in your day. Right. So, but would you agree that they're kind of secretive? Anything that doesn't give me any type of response back, uh, yeah, I would say they're secretive. Okay. So then it, it kind of got to makes you wonder, why are they so secretive? So you, you, you go into a haunted area and the spirits, the ghosts will stand there and communicate with you, right? Yep. So why are shadow people running, like trying to hide and not be, you know, not wanting to communicate? Mm -hmm. You see the difference? Yeah, there is a major contrast there. Right. So what's this, what's so secretive? Why, why are they observing? And, and, and especially, here's my thing about that. You go into a haunted area, a haunted house, building, whatever, and you're catching uh, ghostly activity. All of a sudden, you catch a shadow person or a shadow being popping out of nowhere. Okay. Now, is this something, is this something that is there that just popped up to observe what we're doing? Or is it something that's been there forever observing the paranormal activity in that area? 
It could be both. Could be both, but it gives you something to think about when you think of when you when you actually try to put in into the aspect of using the word observing and secretive. So are they observing the paranormal idea of the of that place, and we just happen to stumble across them being there observing? Because it's you know it's not it's not like every investigation we do we run into a shadow figure. That's not every time. No, that's not ideal. It's just it just doesn't happen. Right. So that's where I'm coming up with this idea that maybe they're observing that haunted area, watching something. I don't know. Maybe. Well, they've been a long staple of folklore anyway. So, and in, in being that the stories of the supernatural and, and entities have spanned over centuries. I mean, centuries of all kinds of different uh, apparitions and stuff like that. So it just kind of makes me wonder. See, now I'm interested. I'm kind of intrigued on the fact that they're observing something in the paranormal field, the supernatural field. It kind of makes you think about what they're doing. But again, I'm, I, you know, when you think about that process, when you hear about aliens abducting people or flying around military bases, what are they doing? They're observing. Most of them are being secretive about it. Aliens, we, we pretty much, everybody should know. It's, so everybody should know pretty much by now that we're not alone in the universe. It's a mass universe and, and we're, we're not, we, we obviously don't, we're just not alone. I mean, but my point is if aliens are flying around and they're being all secretive and, you know, some of them, you know, yeah, they, they are seen and they show themselves and they do whatever. But if you think about alien encounters and what we've heard and read about that, wouldn't that kind of fall in line of a shadow person? Potentially could be. Yeah. Really just makes me I just can't get over the fact that the observation part is all. I'd really like to know what it is that they're actually observing. And I know I keep repeating that, but that's the truth. I want to know what you're observing. But I guess we'll never know is what I'm gathering, right? Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> the the old hag. A lot of people have seen the old hag. We talked about the old hag and sleep paralysis. And basically, they think that they're being, that they're like she's holding them down. So this, this old hag is basically, some have said that she looks like a shadow figure, but she has an old older face. And so now when you talk about that again, I'm just bringing it up because I just remembered something else. They call it old hag syndrome, and it deals, again, with sleep paralysis. So when you, when you say that you're in a sleep paralysis state and you wake up and there's shadow figures standing around, I'm still trying to put that together on how that plays into each other. Do you, do you think you got an explanation for that? I would love to say yes, but no. Right. It, it's just too wide open. You can't really corner and say, Oh, maybe because of this or that. Well, there's so many gaps you can, you can easily say sleep paralysis, the anxiety, the lack of hydration, uh, you know, stuff like that will make you see things. Now we're getting back into hallucination though. That's, that's where that's coming from. We're just getting right back into the hallucination part. I got no idea, really. I mean, if we're boiling it down to what a shadow figure really is, I I got no idea, but I will eliminate ghosts from that. It is a paranormal activity, but I'm not going to say they're ghosts. Is it some kind of spiritual form? Obviously. So then you go jump. Now you're going to jump into interdimensional beings. In that case, what is what do you think about interdimensional beings? Well, I think interdimensional has to go along the lines of, as I spoke earlier in the podcast, of the realms. Interdimension is nothing more than just a, is whatever is presenting itself, are they from our place of time and reality, or are they from a different one? Same thing with the realms. Our place in time or a different place in time? I think that's, I think that's plausible. I mean, with... As in depth, the world is creatively made to where there's so many systems that rely on each other for survival. I think it's a fair point to make that there has to be other dimensions or realities too. It can't be this constructed perfectly and not have something like that also, in my mind at least. Right. Now, were you aware that you can actually protect yourself against shadow figures? Yeah, you leave the lights on. You leave it alone. <laughs> um, basically, when you protect yourself, say protective prayers, whichever you you know, whatever you like. Do meditation. Develop a spiritual power. Learn a psychic defense. Clean your house from negative energies. Use crystals that remove negative things and protect you from negative energy. So, 
And the other thing is, which is the most obvious, don't dabble in the paranormal. I try to tell people that all the time. If you don't understand what you're getting into, just don't do it. I'm going to say it like in layman's terms. If your dog needed surgery, don't do it yourself. Take it to a, a vet. Have a professional do it, right? Correct. So don't don't try to just do it yourself. But the do not dabble in the paranormal is a big one for me because a lot of people, since the shows came out, a lot of people went out and bought equipment. They didn't even know what they were buying, didn't know how to use it. They're out there dabbling it, don't even know what they're dabbling in. They're just doing it to say, oh, my God, the flashlight went off. Okay, that's cool. But do you really know what you're dealing with? No, they don't. Of course, man. What are you talking about? I put on the television for 15 minutes. I watched a bunch of shows. I know what I'm doing. Ask a bunch of questions, screaming at things, telling them to turn the light on and off. Yeah. Make a noise. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, stand around and go, did you see that? What's that? Did you hear that? Or they can sit around and talk about potato chips and what they ate last night, most of them. Also, one thing I want to talk about shadow figures is... A lot of cases of shadow figures being around were being summoned and guessed by what they were using, Ouija boards. Of course, the Ouija board has to come into play. Summoning rituals, uh, channeling, and other such practices, you're pretty much ringing the dinner bell for those entities right there. So now you go back to the evil or demonic, which if you basically were playing with a Ouija board and you summon a dark shadow figure... Now you're talking a whole nother type of shadow figure, right? Yep. It just <laughs> this is one of those rabbit holes that you go down and it's got so many veins to it, it's not even it's it's just crazy. I've seen seances and I've seen Ouija boards done and I've seen stuff happen. I have never seen it summon a dark shadow entity, personally. And people that I've talked to that played with Ouija boards and stuff like that, I've never really heard them say that it summoned a dark shadow, but it did summon something. Don't know. That was something that was brought up a while back as far as Ouija boards and spiritual sessions uh, also creating a type of shadow being. I've never seen one. Have you? Shadow people, uh, just like I stated earlier, just three times. No, I'm talking about seeing shadow people summoned. Entertainment industry is amazing and great, but in real life, things don't work that way. You, you can't just say a bunch of spells and have something happen. Right, and that's what I'm saying is there. I've seen stuff summoned by Ouija boards and devices that you can't see. They're able to move things and do whatever, right? So that's poltergeist activity, of course. But as far as taking a Ouija board and summoning a shadow being, uh, never heard a scene of that. But it, it was also in the research I did a while back. So there might be, like I, I guess if there's like one case of that, or it could have just been a thing of mistaken that, you know, is basically they happen to be playing with it and a shadow figure popped up because he's observing what they're doing. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so they claim that, oh, we summoned a shadow figure. Yep. I think ultimately, though, uh, just to put a button on this, shadow figures are just one of the wonderful anomalies in the paranormal world. And we are never going to truly know yes or no of the purpose uh, of the extent of what they can or can't do. But we do know through our experiences, uh, either told to us by other individuals or our own, that they are there. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, I never have dove in, even though I've seen plenty of shadow figures and shadow beings or whatever you want to call them, I just never really dove into the concept because I never felt threatened by them. They don't threaten me. I don't feel scared or any kind of fear. Like I said, now, the only thing that would kind of freak me out a little bit is if, if I ran into a forest shadow figure and it started mimicking me, that would kind of freak me out a little bit because it just, it just would. I know it would. Yeah. I wouldn't be scared about it. I wouldn't run from it. But just the point of something mimicking you that you know is not you, it's a little unsettling for anybody. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess we've kind of talked that out pretty much all I can talk about it because that's all I really know about it. So hopefully my niece will be happy with this segment and other people will too, because we broke it down as best we could. Uh, maybe one day I'll get into some really heavy depth of shadow people, but I don't think there's much more you can talk about. Nope. Uh, at this point, we're going to go on and answer an email we received. We received an email at info at theoryparanormal.com. They wanted to know if debunking is better to be done in person or doing it through technology and not being there in person. Which 
way do you think is the best way to debunk paranormal? To debunk paranormal, I'm going to lean on a big percentage of it being you there, being there personally. The technology could be used, I'm pretty sure. But if we re- if we reel back and watch something, and uh, like an episode of a show that I watch every now and then, they played it back, and when the door when the door closed, no, they heard a knock. That's what it was. There was a knock at the door, but what happened was the ghostly hand came through the door. That's pretty obvious. Um, but let's say you, let's say the door shuts by itself or it opens by itself. Well, what do we do? We go back there, we step on the floor, we move around a lot on the floor because a lot of them older houses, you could step on the wood and it would trigger the door to open or close. I'm going to say in person, man, I'll, I'll lean on being there in person than I would using technology, I guess. Yeah, for me, I actually would say it's a hybrid of both. Um being in person allows you to debunk things physically and using your, your five senses, your smelling, your seeing, your hearing, your touching. And, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Uh, you really don't use your mouth <laughs> <laughs> when you're in doing investigating. But point being is, is that you can only go so far utilizing your innate natural senses that you have as a human being. Technology comes into play, being able to do things you can't do. Physically, like slowing down a noise that you heard or maybe slowing down a reaction on a tape that you received an answer after you asked a question to see what's there. Or maybe utilizing a flur to look at heat discrepancies in a room to look for anomalies. You can't do that physically with your own eyes. Or utilizing a full spectrum camera to look at the different frequencies of light to see what's going on in a particular room. To answer the question, which is an amazing question, by the way. It is amazing. Um, I would have never thought to ask that. Nope. It's it it's really twofold. Uh, and because of technology, I think that's one of the reasons why the paranormal genre in itself is a lot further along the line than comparatively to where it was decades ago. Because before, it was just the same old tried and true methods. So, And I can see what you're saying about technology, but a lot of things, I mean, that's just to me, when you use that kind of technology, the flur, the uh, <clears throat> the audible stuff to be able to slow it down and pick up what they're actually saying, that's just boosting your findings to me. So I, I can agree with you a bit on it, but the reason I don't think that way is because those are tools that actually, you're not really debunking at that point. You're just finding evidence. You could say like the audible tool, you heard something. Okay, was that a figment of my imagination? You play the EVP back. You hear it. Now you can take it, put it on the computer, slow it down, and actually get what they're saying. Um, but I'll just lean that towards evidence finding. To me, debunking would be, like I said, that door opened by itself. Did it actually open by itself, or was it something that we did to make it do that? Or was it the window was open? Can you get that? Yep. No, I completely do. I understand what you're saying, but I, I think they're asking more along the lines of proving that it wasn't paranormal, which there is technology that can do that as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna still lean heavy on personal, like maybe a sixty forty split, sixty percent on site personal, forty percent technology. But you know, just to say that I'm just old school and you know, if that dish fell off the countertop, was it paranormal or did we walk by and it was just to happen to be in a position we stepped on the floor and moved the cabinet a little bit for it to roll off or did something, you know, the wind or anything like that. But you get what I'm talking about. No, I completely do. And thanks for the question. Yeah. So if anybody, you know, if you guys got questions or whatever, email us. We'd be happy to answer them. Yes, please do. Going to be once again, info at theoryparanormal.com. So that concludes episode seven, Shadow People with Theory Paranormal with Pax and Dalton. And uh, stay tuned for our next podcast coming up. What's that one going to be? Reincarnation or are we going to do one on energy next? It might be on energy. Straight energy, not... Energy that's in environments when you investigate or go places. Um, But we'll get into that with the next podcast. That's all we got. And as always, don't be afraid to ask questions.